Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And welcome back to our Chiefs Playoff Special. Jay Binkley with Chris Onocero. Rob Britton from The Drive to join us in a few minutes to talk about this running game. As we're talking about the Chiefs, does it even matter who's really running the football? Here was James Palmer in NFL Network talking about McKinnon and how it just well doesn't matter who's actually running the ball for the Chiefs. One of the most telling things to come out of the Chiefs' dominant performance over the Steelers, the performance of running back Jarek McKinnon, who's their third option at running back, and he had 142 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown. It shows that they're deep at running back. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, they thought he would progress well through the week with that shoulder injury, didn't. He was out. Darrell Williams, who has a thousand yards from scrimmage, filling in for Edward Solaire this season, had a toe issue that bothered him through the game and only played eight snaps. So you saw McKinnon take off. The other aspect of it, though, is the offensive line is playing well enough that it doesn't matter who's playing behind them. Andy Reid, when he watched the film on Monday, thought that his two rookies, Creed Humphrey at center and that Trey Smith at the right guard, played brilliantly against a defensive line that had two first-team All-Pros. The offensive line's playing well in the postseason, but specifically they are deep at the running back spot, one we don't talk about nearly enough with the Kansas City Chiefs. And does it really matter? I mean, that's the question. Because I was asked by Buffalo Station, too, not having not having uh, Clyde Edwards-Alary. He's on the injury report. Looks like now he's going to play. What's it matter? What's the ramifications for the Chiefs? And it's just not. I mean, you've seen what Derek Gore's been doing. You saw what Darrell Williams did, even though he's he's banged up right now. But you saw a thousand yards from scrimmage from Darrell Williams. You will take that any time of day. Uh, but again, does it really matter which running back is back there? And I know with Clyde in the backfield, they average more yards rushing. But is that to say Clyde's better right now than these other backs because he's a first rounder? I don't think it says that. You get a you get a lot of hungry players um, that want to play the running back position with this team. And just because you're drafted or undrafted, it doesn't matter. You go with who the hot hand is. And right now, that's Jerick McKinnon. I mean, it's by committee. He was on the IR earlier this year. He has played in 13 games. But as far as being fresh for the postseason, that there 
is Clyde Edwards, or excuse me, that is Jarek McKinnon. Clyde's going to come back. He's been injured before, been injured uh, coming into this game, whether he plays or not. Andy Reid was careful with it because he had said last week that he would probably play and that he didn't play, but does it really matter? That's the question. Does it matter who's the running back for this team? And I don't think it does. Like, I just don't think it does because, again, Mahomes is going to get you that 20 to 40 yards rushing. He's going to break apart, run the football, and get the first down, move it 30 yards, and help the Chiefs. And again, he can because everybody's backed up so far trying to stop Patrick Mahomes. But that's the running game. I don't, I don't know where you feel on the running game, but it doesn't concern me. I mean, in the past, when guys get hurt, you get worried about, oh, it's a starter, he's hurt. But do you actually fret about Clyde being hurt? It's not to take anything away from Clyde. I'm just thinking you have a running back room that can all facilitate what they're trying to do. And I think that's really important as far as the Kansas City Chiefs going forward, who can be that running back going forward. And right now, Jerry McKinnon. Again, Pittsburgh's run defense wasn't very good, but what he did out of the backfield really helped his team move the ball forward. Joining us now, Rob Britton, producer of The Drive. Rob, we're talking about running game with the Clyde Edwards-Alaire back there. And I know as a, as a unit, what they run for more yards, but does it matter? That's my question. I think it matters that Clyde Edwards-Alaire's back because it's always important to have more weapons, more tools, more toys, if you will, for Andy Reid. I think, I don't know if it's a coincidence or not, but last week we saw the screen game back. The Chiefs carved the Steelers up with the screen game. Both McKinnon, I mean, mostly McKinnon and Edward Slayer have that skill set. So if you give Andy Reid tools to carve someone up with the screen game, I think the screen game is an extension of the run, and I think it's important for Reid to have multiple tools with Edward Slayer and McKinnon. I know the average fan is low on Edward Slayer right now, and wants McKinnon to get to 100% of the carries, but that's just not feasible in the modern NFL unless you're Derrick Henry. So I think it's good that Edward Hilaire and McKinnon are back because the more weapons, the more you can ride the hot hand. What do you think about him being fresh, though? Again, Pittsburgh's run defense was 32nd in the NFL, so take that part away. But, man, was he flashy in the screen game. Yeah, he's definitely fresh. I mean, they basically haven't used him for 16 weeks this season. I think he was kind of used out of necessity in that Broncos Week 18 game because Daryl Williams was battling a toe injury and Edward Tolaire was still on IR. But you'd think the inverse is in theory true because if you saw James Palmer's report that there's no pitch count tomorrow for Clyde Edward Tolaire. So if there's no pitch count and he hasn't played in six weeks, you would imagine he's fresh too. So. The combination of McKinnon and Edward Tolera are both fresh, which is a good thing. So you think Andy Reid can kind of ride the hot hand, which is what led fans to love McKinnon. He was the hot hand this last week and the week before. But that doesn't mean that the guy we got on a one-year deal for nothing money is going to continue to impress this level. So it's good to have multiple fresh running backs who you can kind of suss out who the best weapon is. But you're right when you say the rush defense this upcoming week against is way, way better than last against the Steelers. Me and you could rush for 100 yards against that horrible Steelers defense, which is <laughs> funny based on what they've been in the past. But they, I, I don't think the Chiefs are going to experience that level of ease running the football on Sunday. So having multiple weapons is very important. That screen game is so important, too, because as I've been saying, you know, being a running back with Patrick Mahomes, you're going to get your yards. With this offensive line that, you know, Orlando Brown came from that ground-oriented attack in Baltimore, and obviously Creed Humphrey and Trey Smith, Used to that as well, but in Tooney as well. But to, but then have Patrick Mahomes back there as your quarterback and the threat of going deep. Teams aren't playing at the line. You're not seeing eight-man front. So 
the screen could do as much damage. This has been a big part of the Chiefs still maintaining 28.2 points a game is the screen game. I think it's – we talk about in baseball all the time, what Merrifield says, that you know, you correct the league, the league corrects you. Yep. I think for the first six weeks of the season, what do we hear about from everyone in the national media and the local media? Well, the Chiefs are struggling against this too high safety look. They can't go deep. They can't run these deep explosive plays because everyone's sitting on top of it and begging the Chiefs to run. Well, this is Andy Reid now correcting to the league. We don't have an elite running back. We don't have an elite run game. So what am I going to do if you're going to sit back? I'm going to use my screen game as an extension of that. And Patrick Mahomes said that this week when he was asked by the media about the importance of the screen game. It opens things up. If you're going to sit back and play too high safety and say, hey, Tyree Kill, you're not coming over the top, the Chiefs have said, okay, we can't run, but you know what we're going to do? We're going to screen you to death. It's very Donovan McNabb, Alex Smith type of offense. If you're going to sit back, we're going to throw dink and dunks to McCoy and Deuce Staley and Jamal Charles and Niall Davis until you respond. And the difference now is Landy Reid's offense is when the Bills respond or when the well, Steelers didn't have the weapons to respond, when a team says, okay, I'm tired of getting dinked and dunked with this screen game, and they step up and they break out that too-high safety look, Patrick Mahomes is going to go to the top of them. So it reminds me a lot of what Merrillfield said. The league adjusts to you, you adjust back. The league adjusted the Chiefs. They said too-high safety, come get it. And now Andy Reid said, okay, screen game, back. Yeah, it's who do you want to be, Whit Merrillfield or Brett Eibner? You know, both of them got hot when they first got here. Who made the adjustments? The guy that's still in the league going to all-star games with Merrifield. That's who made the adjustments. But you look back last week, last year in the regular season, wasn't a great night up in Buffalo, kind of rainy. But that was the game where the Chiefs, okay, let's start to run. That's Clyde Edwards' big game, 161 yards. They ran for 245. Buffalo was expecting the pass, and the Chiefs went out on the ground. I don't know if that would happen this week or not, but it's not out of the question. It's not out of the question, but I also think, and while a lot of Chiefs fans are pointing to last year's AFC title game or last year's game in Buffalo and saying, look, the Chiefs have the blueprint to beat the Bills, the Bills' defense is very different from those matchups last year. Matt Milano is healthy this year. He's a difference-maker at linebacker. Tremaine Edwards is a difference-maker at linebacker. And the D-line is better for the Bills. So you're right. Last year the Bills were like, you're not going to pass against us up in Orchard Park. And the Chiefs ran down their throat. But I think the Bills' D-line was kind of like the Steelers' D-line last week. They had no resistance to a good run game. This year, the Bills' defensive line is much better. Ed Oliver is a star. Greg Russo has been fantastic. Mario Addison, Jerry Hughes, the list goes on. I know they're pass rushers, but they're versatile, do-everything type of linemen. And then you add in a good linebacking core, and it's tougher just to run the ball down their throat. I know Chiefs fans have disrespected the stat of the Bills are the number one defense in the NFL, and there's reason to disrespect it. But it is a much different looking unit now than it was at that point up in Orchard Park. So I think if the Chiefs just try to run that offense, the Bills defense is good enough to resist it, and that would be advantage Bills, in my opinion. Rob, are you buying into the Bills? Because you look at just the inconsistencies with Josh Allen. He's up, he's down. I mean, it's the same way this team's gone. The six losses I expected with that schedule. I mean, granted, you take away the Jags game and something like that, and they're right there with the Chiefs and could have forced the three-way tiebreaker situation with the Titans. Even though the Titans beat the Bills, they would have still had the tiebreaker in that situation. But the Bills would have had it over the Chiefs because they beat them in the regular season. But – which Bills team are you buying? Because who are the Buffalo Bills? I mean, they're the biggest Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde team I think there is in the NFL. I think it's impossible to like buy, put 
make it a stock analogy, I don't think you can put all your money into the Bills stock for exactly what you said. There are times when on paper and on the field, you look around and they go, they're the best team in the NFL. Like last week, Josh Allen played an immaculate game. Stephon Diggs was crushing J.C. Jackson, who's an elite corner, and their run game was working mostly because of Josh Allen, but Devin Singletary was effective, and their defense absolutely put the clamps on a good, not great, but good Patriots offense. That team looked like the best team in the NFL, and you thought, who can stop them? But then you look at their schedule, and you think to yourself, well, the Jags? How did the Jags stop them? Josh Allen, not the quarterback, the pass rusher, looked like Derek Thomas in that game. So it's impossible to put too much stock or too much money into what the Bills are because it's impossible to know what they are. I'll tell you this. We had Danny Parkins on the drive this week. He does, he's gambling guru and works up at 670 to score in Chicago. And he said on paper, when Josh Allen's playing well, they're a better team than the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think he's right. The problem is they're rarely that team. So they were that team last week. If they play like that team again on Sunday, they can absolutely come in here and beat the Chiefs the way they did the first time. But it's hard to bet on that team showing up in multiple weeks because we haven't seen it in back-to-back weeks, no less. They looked great here in Kansas City. We all saw that game. The ensuing week, I think, was the Jags game. Or maybe it was the Jets game. You're telling me that after a dominant performance, they came out and struggled against a bad team? This team is just, like you said, the ultimate Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. They're hot and they're cold. They're yes and they're no. But it's really, really difficult to know who they are and then be in on them because of it. And then one thing, too, is who do you expect the Chiefs to play next week if they win this game or the Bills? Winner of this game, who are they playing, the Bengals or the Titans? I am going to say they're playing the Bengals because it's a quarterback league. And Ryan Tannehill's a nice story, but Ryan Tannehill's Alex Smith. Everything has to go perfectly around him for him to succeed. And, yes, Alex Smith has made an NFC championship game when everything went right around him. But that was an outlier in his career. Ryan Tannehill's made an AFC title game. I think they'll be an outlier in his career. I think that it's a quarterback-driven league. The Bengals have the better quarterback. And I know that Derrick Henry's not on a pitch count, and they say he's full go. But it's really hard for me to believe a guy who has a metal plate in his foot and just bounce back to being the modern-day Earl Campbell like he never missed a beat. So I'm going to take the Bengals, but I am concerned their offensive line is banged up and Jeffrey Simmons could have a heyday. Yeah, and it's just like the, the Titans just hung on, man. Even without Derrick Henry, he almost had 1,000 yards in just eight games. I mean, it's insane just how good he was playing until he got hurt. He's, in, he's incredible. I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just my pain tolerance at an NFL level, which I know isn't breaking news, but the idea of a metal plate in your foot does not sound like, well, I'm going to go play NFL football at a high level again. <laughs> no question about it. Who do you like in the NFC games? Do you like the, uh, I like the Packers and the Bucks. I like the, I like uh, the so speaking of quarterback leagues, that's who I like. I like the Bucks, And I, it, mostly because at this point, it's hard to bet against Brady in the playoffs. Last year, I'm I thought you. there's no way the I, there's no way the Bucks beat the Chiefs in the Super Bowl. Tom Brady's washed. Da 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 da. I look like an idiot. Got my hand burned by the stove. So I'm not touching the hot stove again. And Matt Stafford has one career playoff win. One. Sean McVay is awesome, but Tom Brady is more awesome. So I'm taking the Bucks in that one. Also, think home field matters. I don't like west to east games. The Niners game is interesting to me because I think Aaron Rodgers is no doubt clearly superior to Jimmy G, and I just said it's a quarterback league. But for whatever reason, the Niners, no matter what iteration of the Niners, just seem to be the Packers and Aaron Rodgers kryptonite. Colin Kaepernick beat them twice, once in San Francisco back at Old Candlestick by a bunch, and then once in Lambeau when it was freezing cold. And then this version of the Kyle Shanahan Niners has given the Packers all sorts of fits. So 
I think I think the Packers win. I would bet the Niners, but that's my upset pick of the week is the Niners over the Packers and Lambeau. I just don't like Jimmy G's injuries. I don't like the shoulder and the thumb. I mean, I, I think that's a, a pretty big deal, especially how it's cold is it's going to be in Green Bay. And by the way, I ask you, do you have the Chiefs in this game? I do. I have the Chiefs in this game. I have it as the ultimate coin flip. Okay. Uh, me and Nate Taylor kind of see eye to eye on this. I think it's like a 31-30, 34-33, Butker makes a game-winning field goal type of feel where the Bills go down, they score, and they have to hold on for dear life, and Mahomes gets the ball in field goal range and wins. I would imagine for gambling purposes, I would take the Bills plus one and a half because I do think it's a coin flip game. You're getting points. Take that team. But I do think the Chiefs win outright, but it's by the skin of your teeth because this is the actual AFC title game. Well, we have football in two hours and 15 minutes. Rob, thank you for joining me today. Take care. Rob Britton of The Drive. Thanks, Rob. Thanks, Bank. Have a good one, buddy. All right, there you go, Rob Britton. I like to get everybody's opinion on the game. Chris and I will give ours here as we end the show. Who's going to uh, win today's games or tomorrow's? And well, I mean, start guesses. I mean, we don't know what's going to happen. I wish we did because we make a lot of money on it, but we don't know what's oh, going to so happen. We don't know what's going to happen. Hear from the coordinators next. Welcome back to Chiefs Playoff Special. Jay Binkley, Chris Hidocero, we're in the operation. We heard from Fesco. We heard from Gold. We heard from Brenton. Even heard from my guy, Mike Danger, out in New York. Talking about this game. We're about... That's a great radio name, man. <laughs> I like Danger. it. I like it. I like it. Think it's his real name? No, it's not his real name. I think I looked it up. It's not his real name. But it is a great name. I like it. Danger. I wonder if he's related to Carlos Danger. It sounds like a rock name, though. Like a, you know, you're listening to Mike Danger. Here's Metallica. No, that's like a good radio name, too. Like, there's a lot of, you know, like Johnny Dare. You know, it's a good radio name. No, I'm saying it'd be good for a rock station. The danger part. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, because Johnny Dare, yeah. You don't see as many sports names different. No, yeah, most people use their real names. Except for you. Except for me, yeah. I'm I'm the unicorn in this industry. <laughs> Chris Inocero. Steve Spagnuolo, defensive coordinator for the Chiefs, spoke this week in about Josh Allen as the runner. Yeah, we've spent a lot of time, Pete, this week in the couple, three meetings that we've had with how to tackle this quarterback you don't don't usually spend that much time talking about tackling the quarterback but he's big he's strong he's got a stiff arm um if you don't get him down with a couple of guys he has already shown he can break tackles he extends that call from mom answer it call silenced instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game that's why they make ordering from your couch easy Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. 
LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. The really the remarkable thing about him is when it's not a designed run play, yet he decides to run it because it's maybe passing, he pulls it down. He's always looking downfield. And he is. And he's going to wait and see if you're spying him. He will take off. He will run the ball. He will frustrate you on third and four because he will pick up a first down. Now, could you bottle him up and frustrate him to where his completion percentage is around the 53% mark? What he's done a lot this year as far as getting that down when you take out him in the running game. And, you know, with Diggs on the offense, okay, I'll take Tyreek Hill. Dawson Knox, great first game as tight end, had two touchdowns for Buffalo Bills. I'll take Travis Kelsey. But the X factor is Josh Allen running the football. Now, receiving or throwing the football, he's a good, he's a good passer as well. There's no question about it. He's got a strong arm. He's like Mahomes with a strong arm. But the accuracy is not always there with Josh Allen. Steve Spagnola also talked just about that running game still and how you about to bottle up. It's just not Josh Allen. I mean, they're scary. They have, um, you know, you sit there and say, every time we game plan, we say, who do we have to take away? This particular team, if you put too much attention to one guy, uh, they got so many other people that could beat you. You bring up a really good point about Allen running the football. I, I think that'll just be part of it. I don't think they'll get away from it. But when they've been handing the ball off to 26 and 20 and they're churning out yards, that makes them that much more dangerous. So I think I've said this before. We begin every game plan week meeting with the players with, you got to stop the run first because if, if an offense like this can be two-dimensional on first, second, third down, uh, it's going to be a long night for us. So we'll begin there and hopefully work our way out and have some successful plays. One of those guys, one of the guys playing in this game that didn't play in the previous game was Traverius Ward. And, you know, he had the task of going against Chase Claypool quite a bit last week, a big physical wide receiver. His thoughts on Traverius? Yeah, listen, we got a lot of confidence in all our corners, but Traverius uh, has done a nice job for us. We just decided to do that in that particular game. You know, every game's been different. Um, and I thought he did a nice job with that. I mean, he had a good battle. I, you know, there was a course of the game. Coach Merritt was watching the film after the game, and, you know, they had a little tussle. And then when it ended, you could see that there was a lot of mutual respect between both guys, you know, kind of tattoos toward the end of the game. Uh, so that's good to see, good sportsmanship. And I thought that both of those guys battled all night. And he will travel. And as far as, you know, you're on the left side, you're on the right side, his corner. Or Charvaeus Ward played that traveling corner position with the Chiefs, but Spag's thoughts on moving corners around. You know, uh, some of that has been Chavarius coming to us, to be quite honest with you, um, where he's watched film the first couple, three days of the week and feels like he could, you know, match up well against this particular wideout. And we trust him in that. I know Sam and Dave do. We don't always do it um, because when people figure that out, they know they can either go opposite him or, so we we mix it up a little bit. We'll do the same thing in this game. I don't know if we'll have him right or left or whether he'll travel or not. I mean, we'll figure that out on Sunday or people will figure it out on Sunday uh, based on what we do during the week. But we just got a lot of confidence in him. Same in Mike. Uh, you know, when LJ is out there at corner and base, you know, most of the times those guys stay right and left. Um, we'll try to get the best matchups we can. I just feel the Chiefs been waiting on this, man. They've been waiting on this. He didn't have all the bullets in the gun the first time he played the Bills. And of course, the other thing that we're, you know kind of goes unnoticed, Tredavious White played in that game. He's not played in this one. That's kind of a, a big addition by subtraction with the Chiefs, addition 
they were subtracted and Chris Jones and Ward and Frank Clark, you know, uh, coming back. Uh, then you had uh, snap count with Willie Gay getting acclimated back. But again, and White's out for the Bills. I mean, it's again, Melvin Ingram. No, Melvin the Ingram, yeah. I mean, big, big difference. But I think they've, uh, I think they like, you heard Chris Jones' enthusiasm. He's ready for this game because he didn't get to play in the first one. They, the Chiefs, the Chiefs want a piece of the Bills. And I know the Bills are trying to take that next step, too. It's a battle of, you know, they want to take that step, prove viability, beat the Kansas City Chiefs. We're back to that again, where teams uh, love beating the Chiefs. But the Chiefs have been able to hold on to the top spot. They've been able to hold on to King of the Hill. These other teams haven't. Like you mentioned earlier, the Bills had it, didn't hold on to it. The Titans had it, didn't they let it slip because of injuries? The Ravens had it for a brief period. But nobody has what it takes to stay on the top like the Chiefs have had. And I... I think there's there's a lot more pressure on the Bills than there is the Chiefs in this game just because of the fact that if they lose this game, no one's going to believe in them until they win against the Chiefs during the postseason. Like right now, people are giving them the benefit of the doubt because they want them to dethrone the Chiefs. And if they do, then And if they do, then the yeah. Top. But if they but if they lose, they're done. Like no more benefit of the doubt. It's going to be Chiefs all across the screen whenever team whenever people make their picks on pregame shows. But if they beat the Chiefs and they lose next week, ah, yeah, back, yeah, back I mean, in the even, same situation. Yeah, but even then, like they'll be like, hey, at least we beat the Chiefs. They'll still be disappointed, but they'll still feel like, hey, we 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 can beat the Chiefs. So now, like, hey, we just gotta we gotta get right next year. We'll try it. We'll try it again. But like, I I really do feel like this is such a huge pressure game for Josh Allen and for the rest of that Bills team because they cannot afford to lose. If they lose this game, there's it's it's, it's like what happened with the the Ravens. Three straight times losing to the Chiefs. Like all of a sudden we're like is this even a rivalry anymore? Like last year when they when the when the, when the Chiefs went into Baltimore and slapped the Ravens all around, it's like okay, well this isn't a rivalry anymore. And I, I feel like it's that's the same thing if the, the Chiefs beat the Bills on Sunday. If they beat the Bills tomorrow, no more Josh Allen versus Patrick Mahomes. This is a rivalry because that's three out of four times that they've lost to the Chiefs. And, I, you know, granted, they beat the Chiefs at Arrowhead week five, but twice in the playoffs now you've lost to the Chiefs. And, and three out of four times, you can't say that you're at the same level as the Chiefs anymore. Nobody can. Nobody on ESPN or Fox Sports 1 or any other media platform can claim that the Bills are at the level or above what the Chiefs are. This is it for them. Big statement game for the Chiefs. Huge. Oh, Big yeah. Big statement game. If they, win, they're, they're, if they win, I don't think anybody's going to pick against them the rest I mean, they, of the playoffs. They have to like that. They're picking against them. Oh, yeah. I mean, certainly like Tyron Matthew and Chris Jones and guys like that, they do. But I, I will say say this I do think that if they beat the Bills no one will pick it except for like the occasional hot take guy like Skip Bayless or Colin Coward like besides that no one's gonna pick against the Chiefs the rest of the playoffs if they have to go to Nashville next week not everyone's gonna pick the Chiefs if they you know against the Super Bowl against whoever whether it be the Bucks or the Packers or whoever the hell the Rams like whoever gets picked they're going to be the favorites against them just because at that point they'll have basically won the Super Bowl because I think a lot of people look at this Bills team and they think they might be the best team left in the playoffs. Yeah, and disappointed they're the third seed. But there is a naysayer out there. It's a national name. And this totally baffled me when he said it. I'll talk about what Dan Orlovsky said next. Welcome back to our Chiefs playoff special. Jay Binkley, Chris Uno, Cerro. Dan Orlovsky, you like him, Chris, or not? 
Hell no. I don't Some, like sometimes guy. he has good takes. And I, think I, he's I good. don't like him. He's he's a blowhard. He's a much better analyst than he was a quarterback. We all know that. <laughs> Ran out the back of the end zone. Yes. Yes. He tries to he own was part it, of dude. Sixteen team. He tries to own it, dude. But there's no way you can ever really own the fact that you ran out the back of the end zone in the NFL game. Well, listen to as this. a quarterback, and it wasn't intentional. Well, listen to this from the Pat McAfee show. When Josh is used the way that Dable is using him right now, I think he's in- indefensible. You know, there's not a single a play that he can't make on the football field right now, whether runner or thrower. And, and, like, the challenge for Kansas City is they love to play man coverage. It's who they are. It's who, it's who Spags is. Josh Allen absolutely gasses man coverage. So, I, like, at some point you're going to have to adjust a little bit, but you never want to get away from, like, your identity, so to speak. So um, I think if both those teams play their best game, right, if both those teams play A football games, Buffalo wins. I think Buffalo's the better team if they play. They both play their A games. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> If you said the Chiefs played a B game and Buffalo A game, okay. <laughs> but both of them on A games? The only team that's beating the Chiefs and they play an A game is themselves. And yeah. they wouldn't be an A game. Yeah, they, they wouldn't be playing an A game if but they were beating is, themselves. But they truly are the one team that could beat themselves because they're better than everybody else. I'll take the quarterback. I'll take the coach. Always the other teams will take the playoff experience. It does matter. Chiefs most, the most experienced team in the postseason this year. But A game against A game? Do you really want to go there? And keep in mind, if both of them play an A game, the game's at Arrowhead. That does make a difference. The Chiefs are giving up 10 points a game in the last six at home. But A game and A game, we're still going Buffalo? I don't understand. Like, here's my thing. I don't understand how people can give Buffalo the benefit of the doubt. Like, I just don't understand how you could look at that team and they lose to Jacksonville. They lose to a Patriots team that threw the ball four times in their home stadium. And three, three times. Three times in their home stadium. 19 passing yards. You gave up 177 passing yards against Ben Roethlisberger and the Steelers week one, and you lost that game too. You cannot tell me that these two teams playing at their best, that there is any reason to believe that the Bills are better than the Chiefs. Because the Bills, have, first off, they're not even consistent enough to know if you're going to get their A game going head-to-head. You just don't know that. Like, we saw their A game last week against the Patriots. Truly an A game. That was their A game. F we don't against know, Jacksonville. But, yeah, we don't know if we're going to get that. They scored six. They didn't play their A game the week before against the Atlanta Falcons. Josh Allen was trash in that game. No, three straight games. Jets and Falcons. What yeah, good. He was bad against the Jets, too. If you're bad against the Jets, like... There's some question marks about just how great you really are. But, like, he he's not playing his A game all the time. The Bills just themselves are not playing their A game all the time. And, like, they're a team that it just – they were in position to dominate the AFC, and they didn't do it. After they won the Super Bowl in week five, they had the opportunity to go out there and show the NFL that, hey, we are the elite team. We're better than the Chiefs. We're going to go out there and show it for the rest of the season. I remember me and you talking about that a- a- after that game. And I remember telling you, I was like, dude, I don't I don't think this Bills team is up for the task of being the elite team in the AFC. This is the reason why I think the Chiefs still have a chance at one. And look at them now. Right now, they're going to Arrowhead in the divisional round because they couldn't handle being elite. And if you can't handle being elite, I don't have any faith in you against a team that can handle being elite because they've been doing it now for four years. That's where legends are made, man. In divisional, you're, two, you're a couple steps away from the Super Bowl. This is where your legend, the NFL, is made. What you do in the postseason, we're that close. There's Mitch Holtis 
that joined the drive earlier this week on an interesting Buffalo offensive defensive stat. This is the first time in NFL history you got two quarterbacks going into the next round of the playoffs who both threw for five touchdowns in the previous game. All right, that's kind of well known. But this Bills team is so balanced. They are the fourth team since the 1970 merger, about the time stats were really being kept. I mean, go back and look at the 43 Bears or something. But since the 1970 merger, the Bills are the fourth team with the number one scoring defense and uh, with the point-per-game output that they had. All three teams ahead of them that had the number one scoring defense and had that many points per game all won the Super Bowl. It was the 84 49ers, the 85 Bears, and the 96 Packers. The 2021 Bills are number one in scoring defense in the league, and they're number four in scoring offense. And that combination has meant, in the three previous times that's been the case, all Super Bowls. Now, can the Chiefs beat these guys? Absolutely. It's going to be an awesome game. But I'm telling you, this this has a chance of being just an epic playoff game. And that's the thing about them. The only team in the NFL in the top five in both scoring offense and scoring defense, it's them. One team that's not even close to that is uh, – the score of five, if you add it up, there are four. If you add it up, they're scoring offense, scoring defense. That's what you get. Packers like 24. But, again, it's <laughs> the game's not playing on paper, and the Packers are clearly, you know, a really good football team with probably the MVP on their team. But, you know, hey, I guess my dream's still alive. I want to see uh, Rodgers and Mahomes finally play each other in the SB. I mean, that'd be, I, I I think that's what the NFL wants. Unless you want Tom, the NFL would kind of like Tom and Patrick again, though. I old think they would. No, I think like they, they would. Like they had last I, year. I think they, well, I mean, old versus new is going to be the same thing. I know, but I think they, Aaron Rodgers, I think they want Mahomes. Aaron Rodgers and, ain't no spring chicken. I think they wanted Brady versus the Patriots. I think, but <laughs> I think, I think it's going, I didn't think they want Brady. No, nobody wanted to watch Mac Jones in the Super Bowl. I, 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 nobody, the NFL nobody, wanted the Patriots no, and Belichick nobody, Brady. Nobody wants Mac uh, Jones in the Super Bowl. I, I think that they want Chiefs Packers because, like, there's a history there because it's the first Super Bowl ever played. You've got two elite quarterbacks playing against each other. And you know what? Is that what would be? You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Funny about that is like Mahomes would be the good guy in that one because everybody hates Pat, uh, Aaron Rodgers now. So like Mahomes would be the good guy. It'd be the State Farm Bowl. It would be huge. State Farm would purchase so much advertising for that oh, they've game. They've been waiting to do commercials. Oh yeah, they want that game so bad. Like, dude, it it just makes perfect sense for it to be Chiefs Packers. Man, I'm telling and the you, the Packers haven't held up their end of the bargain. They were the NFC title game the last two years. Yeah, yeah, so, do it. Yeah, they just haven't. Yeah, they haven't gotten it done when it counts. But like, if there's a year that you think the Packers get it done and go to the Super Bowl, this is the year to do it. Because if you look at it, like the right now, the Buccaneers are hurt. Tristan Wirfs right now, they're trying to do everything 
to get him to play and tomorrow, but it, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. Him, even though he, he did practice this week. And if he, high and if ankle. He, yeah, high ankle. Like, that's like a two- to three-week injury at the minimum. So, like, even if he does play, he's not going to be at 100%. So, they're right for the – no, they, they don't have um, – Chris Godwin, because he tore his ACL late in the season. No Antonio Brown, because he quit on the team in the middle of the game against the Jets. Like, that, that Bucks team's looking pretty vulnerable. You do have to go past the Rams. That's going to be a tough one. The 49ers is going to be a tough one. So you're going to have some good opponents, but like this is the year for the this is the year for the Packers. If they're going to do it, this is the time to do it. So I, I think that's what the NFL wants. I think you might be right. I think you might be right. The other thing, too, Andy, or, uh, Eric Bieniemy did interview with the Broncos. On uh, on Friday, the Broncos flew to Kansas City to talk to him. You know, don't fret about it because Brian Dable, offensive coordinator of the Buffalo Bills, did the same damn thing with the Giants. But Andy Reid earlier this week thinks this is a year EB gets one. It disappoints me that somebody hasn't hired him. I mean, obviously, because he's so good. And, and um, I'm hoping that that takes place this year. So, uh, but, it, you know, these guys, you know the guys. So, I mean, they, they're not going to let it be a distraction. They're going to defer to the team and what that's all about and then kind of let the chips fall where they may, you know, and I'm sure between COVID and our long season, it hasn't been real beneficial for, for EB and uh, having the opportunity. But um, I, I think this year he's, he's going to, you know, he's going to end up with one. I know he hadn't interviewed yet with the Vikings. They're still trying to get their GM situation set, but I do think that there's a lot of, because he's their former running backs coach. He was up there for like four seasons with the Vikings. Broncos interviewing. I think it'd be smart for an AFC West team to grab him. I'd rather see him be going to the NFC. I don't know if he's going to get a job this year, but I want him to get as far away from here as possible. But I think he's going to be really good. But if you're so Denver, why wouldn't you pick him? Because he knows Andy Reid inside and out. Played for him. Been here since 2013. He knows he knows everything about Reid. He knows everything about Mahomes. He knows what makes him good, and he knows what they call not to make him look bad. You know what I'm saying? Like, he literally knows the team that's won this division six straight chi- times, Chris, being the Broncos 13 straight, like, you would think that would be kind of an allure to grab somebody off the street. I Because right now, it's just Madhouse. Yeah, but part of me is a little worried about him taking that job, though, because of the quarterback situation. Like, But where's he going to go? I, I had this talk with somebody last night, too, with Henry. And, it, like, what? Jacksonville, maybe Trevor Lawrence, but you know you kind of have a disappointing year. I don't but think that's going to happen. I think I think that's by. I don't either. But, job. <laughs> but the problem is, like he may have to wait another year for a quarterback. Can can the owner have patience with the enemy that hey, let me get my guy in, my guy in to be quarterback, and we'll see what happens. Like Brandon Staley, he got Justin Herbert right off the bat. <laughs> he yeah. didn't make the playoffs. What they mean? He didn't make the playoffs, but he got Herbert. He got his quarterback. I think. I mean, I think if there's a job, I think he takes. I think there's two jobs really that 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 would be like. Perfect for him. One is Minnesota because they're like a quarterback away from being a competitive team. You do have a lot of weapons on that offense. You just don't have a quarterback. They get a quarterback. All of a sudden things change. And then also Chicago because you have a young quarterback in Justin Fields. So you've got a guy you can build around and that'll be like the ultimate test of really just how good of a developer Eric Bieniemy is. And with him being around all the success with Patrick Mahomes, like that could be like a perfect spot for him to go out there and make his mark on the league. So I actually think that those are two better jobs for him than taking Denver just because of the fact that like we haven't seen like the, the Broncos haven't done a very good job of finding quarterbacks since Peyton Manning left. Since he retired, they haven't done a very good job of quarterbacks. So if you are going to go take a job, you want to take one where they're going to set you up. 
with some sort of good weapons to work with. And I just don't see that with the Broncos. So if I'm the enemy, I'm staying the hell away from Denver, even though it would be very smart for the Broncos to bring him in because he knows the color of Buffalo legend. I mean, it's right next door. They know him up there. I just I think that it makes a I mean I think it makes a ton of sense for him to go to either the Bears or the Vikings. Here's the one thing about him I know he could hire a good staff. That's the one thing. And players that want to go there and play. I mean he's got those two things going for him. You know what I'm saying? And as far as play calling or what, don't forget Andy Reid was a quarterback coach before he went to Philadelphia. So it's not the end all be all. No, yeah. Of what you have to do. Yeah. I mean, look, Frank Reich. Frank Reich has a job, and he helped. Uh, what is it, Sirianni? Get a job. Sirianni never called plays when he was in Indy. So he was, he was quality control here. Yeah, so, that's like, dude, like, it, oh, he, like whenever I hear anyone try to say that, oh, with the lack of play calling, it's like, dude, like, what what plays did John Harbaugh call when he was the special teams coordinator for the Eagles before he got hired by or the Joe Ravens? Judge? Oh boy, he's fired. Yeah, or Joe Judge? Yeah, he got fired. Like, it, like people make too much out of the well, he didn't call plays because. Peterson barely called plays here in Kansas City. Matt Nagy barely called plays here in Kansas City. But are you ready to call plays? That's the question. Exactly. Are you ready to be that guy? Which and, I think and, he is. And he, he knows doesn't. The, he, and he doesn't need to call plays. He memorizes he, the installs before yeah. the week because he's the one relaying it to the quarterback. So he memorizes it all. Yeah, he does have influence in yeah. the game plan. And head coaches don't need to call plays. Like, yeah. Where do we? Where do we, like? Where do we go with the concept that he needs to call plays? And if he's actually calling on game days, one thing. But they put the stuff. Then they're knowing yeah. him and Kafka and Andy Reid. They get together, put a yeah. game plan together. Andy Reid calls it, but a lot of that game plan input is from yeah. He doesn't be enemy. All he, he has to do work. is be a game planner and put the right people in position to make to do that work for him. Come up next, Chris. We'll finally make our predictions uh, for this weekend's game. We got football here coming up soon at three thirty. Final segment: Chiefs playoff special, but there's more tomorrow. Nine to eleven. Chris Sudo, and Julio. Chris is right here. And then, of course, there's even more after that with Dusty Likens and Nick Schwart all the way till 2 o'clock tomorrow. So a lot of Chiefs coverage tomorrow. I'll have you on the post-game show as well into the wee hours of the morning. Hopefully, we're talking about an AFC title game all next week on 610 Sports Radio with the Kansas City Chiefs. Hopefully, we're talking about the Chiefs beyond that all the way to the Super Bowl. But things have to be done tomorrow night at 530 with the Chiefs and the Bills, and I can't wait. Primetime game. It's the last game of the weekend. It's perfect for the Chiefs. They seem to draw these. They get the Sunday night draw again. He just knew it was going to happen. Bengals and Titans today at 3.30. The uh, Tennessee Titans, four-point favorites over the Bengals. I'm actually somewhat interested in this. I think the Bengals are a year too early. I mean, I do like T. Higgins and and Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase, a wide receiver, Joe Mixon, running back. They've got to do an overhaul of that line because they, they had a choice at the draft to take Jamar Chase or Panay Sewell. And I agree with the decision to take Jamar because I think it's going to be a combination the NFL is going to have to reckon with for a long time. In Chase and Burrow, the same combination that won a Blitnikoff in a national title for LSU, 1,700 yards and over 20 touchdowns. So that's a good combination. The Titans, though, they just keep <laughs> – they found a way to keep that number one seed. You know, when Derrick Henry's coming back, well, how good will he be with the plate in his foot? We don't know, but he will be. I think he will help the play action of, of uh, Ryan Tannehill. I actually like the Titans because they're the home team. If they weren't the home team, I don't know if I'd like them as well, but I will go with the Titans uh, to win. I think the uh, AFC title game will go through Nashville. I I think the Bengals are going to pull this one off. I don't think that's – like, to me, the Titans – 
are not they they remind they remind me a lot of I wouldn't even say the Titans from like 08 that went like 13 and 3 and then lost to the Colts in their in their first playoff game. Like I I feel like they're a team that kind of lucked into the one seed. Because like, yeah, they did win games without a lot of their 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 good players. But it's not like they were out here like dominating the juggernauts. But they didn't give up on what they wanted to do. Yeah, and you're right. But like, they just don't. To me, they don't. They feel like a team that the only reason why they got the one is because of the Chiefs stumbling early. Like that's how it feels. Like it doesn't feel like hey, they were the best team. It feels like they were like they were the they played about what they were gonna do, and the Chiefs played below their standards. Like the Chiefs probably should have been like fifteen and two, fourteen and three. Like, yeah, they don't fall fumble thirty four yeah, yard line. That's a win. Yeah, like like at least two games right there. You could say, hey, they don't have these key mistakes. They're, these are two wins, and the, we're talking about the Chiefs being like clearly number one, two games ahead of the Titans. But because the the Chiefs stumbled early in the season, made a lot of mistakes, they cost themselves games, and ultimately cost themselves the the one seed. But that's the, the Titans didn't like run away with it once they got it. They were stumbling too, and they were they were allowing the Chiefs to come back. And if not for the Chiefs losing to Cincy, they would not have gotten the one seed. It would have been the Chiefs, and the Bengals would have had to play the Steelers. I'm not the Bengals, but the uh, the, the Titans would have had to play the Steelers. And I'm not 100 percent certain they'd have beaten the Steelers. I think that that game could have been very competitive. So I just feel like this Titans team they don't feel like a juggernaut. And right now the Bengals they they're feeling themselves. So I got the Bengals. Jimmy Garoppolo with the UCL in the uh, in the hand and also the sprained shoulder. 49ers, very physical team, better defense than, than Green Bay for sure. They're very physical. The most physical team left in the NFC is the 49ers. But when you have a torn UCLA or UCL, not UCLA, UCL <laughs> on your right thumb yeah. and you're dealing with the shoulder, I think it's too much to overcome. And I know they like to turn around and hand the ball off to Elijah Mitchell. Like to give it to Debo Samuel. Love Debo Samuel in this. He's in my touchdown uh, postseason league. I like Debo a lot. But, again, too much, too much, too many injuries for Jimmy G. Yeah, I've got, I've got, the, uh, I've got the Packers here. I, I mean, look, the, the, like you said, they're, the 49ers are super physical. And they'll, this will, the Packers, if they make mistakes – which they they happen to do sometimes. When they make mistakes, they can make games that shouldn't be super competitive really competitive. This is a game that if the Packers play the way that we know they can, they shouldn't have too much trouble taking care of the 49ers. But the 49ers have a ton of talent. They got a great coach, probably a better coach than than the the Packers do, and I think that is going to push this game into one that could be competitive. Well, so. So Matt LaFleur, we'll see. The yeah. still open on I don't, I'm not a fan. Good. I'm not a, I'm not a fan. Well, he's been in two straight NFC title games. Yeah, he's got Aaron Rodgers too. Like, right. I, I think that I think it, it'll be a little bit closer than it should be, but I, I still got the Packers winning. Rams and Buccaneers tomorrow at two. This has been a bigger toss-up amongst people than the Chiefs-Bills. You know, the Rams, they pushed all in. They got Beckham now. This team, Stafford's going to win that other playoff game. The Buccaneers, are. we just went over Jensen and Worfs. May or not play. Looks like Jensen will the center, but not Tristan Wirfs, the right tackle. Played a little bit last week, got hurt, came back in. Looked absolutely bad. This guy's going to the Pro Bowl. But it's, again, it's Tom Brady. It's Gronk. It's Mike Evans. I've got to go with the Buccaneers at home. Because I'm got, not going to get burnt on Brady again. I've got the Rams. <laughs> I'm All taking right. the Rams. Like, I, I understand Brady, but, like, 
there's not this gross over uh, stacking of talent like they had before. Right now, very I think this is a very vulnerable Bucks team, and the Rams right now are feeling themselves. I'm going to go with the Rams here. Uh, I think it'll be close. This will be probably be the this might be the best matchup of the weekend. I've got the I've got the Bucks losing at home to the Rams. But the Bucks do have a ton of injuries. <laughs> they have got a, so it's, it's many that injuries. Tom Brady man. factor. That, I mean, if yeah, Tom Brady was he, part of this equation, it's he no ain't making to Scotty Rams. Miller no great receiver, man. I it's got just, the Rams. This guy lives postseason, man. This guy, <laughs> I know, but Rams. As much as I want to see Tom Tom lose, he just keeps winning. Then Bills at the Chiefs for all the things we've talked about today. Listen, Buffalo had a great game, unbelievable, a plus game against the Patriots. Seven straight possessions with a touchdown. But again, they've been the model of inconsistency this year. It's just what they've done. Same thing with Josh Allen. He looks great. He's got more interceptions than Mahomes, believe it or not. But Mahomes was so good once that second quarter and third quarter that five touchdown passes in 10 minutes and 30 seconds of game time really blew me away. I like the direction of the Bills. I just don't think they get the job done at Arrowhead. Yeah, I, I think that's the, just the missing ingredient. Chiefs cover and win this game. I, I think the Chiefs easily cover. I think they'll they'll win by by like ten. I I, I just feel like at we're trying. People are trying to hype the Bills up because it's more fun oh, yeah. if we have that. So I've got the Chiefs over the Bills much more comfortably than anyone thinks it'll be. Stay tuned for more Uno Cero tomorrow, nine to eleven, with Julio Sanchez, then Nick Schwartz, and Dusty Likens and Grant take over at uh, eleven o'clock till two. I'll be back for post game. Thanks to Alex Gold. For joining us, Bob Fesco, Mike Danger, Rob Brenton, you name it. Chris, I had a ton of fun today talking about these games. It's time to watch them. Yeah, I enjoyed it, man. I'm really happy to go home and watch these games. It's time. It's we'll get home plenty of time. We got we got an hour and a half. Gotta go run some errands before I get out of here. You know, so do I. But I'm gonna be done by three thirty. I guarantee you on that. Guarantee you on that. Chris, we'll talk to you tomorrow. I guess I'll be hopping on with you tomorrow at ten thirty. Look forward to that Chiefs game day tomorrow. Can't wait for that. I mean, we get postseason football once again. Just don't take it for granted. All right, Kansas City, see you later. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.